Hi, welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Pope Francis podcast. I'm your host, John Holowaty, and in this podcast, I'm currently going through the Pope's encyclical, or Letter to the World on the Environment. It's titled Laudato Si, and it's Francis's attempt at pulling together a Catholic response to the environmental problems that we face today. Now, as I mentioned in the previous episode, this is not the first time that a Pope has addressed environmental issues. As far back as the 1970s, popes have been sounding the alarm on environmental issues. But with Laudato Si, this particular encyclical, uh, an entire papal letter has been dedicated with vigor to talking about this issue. In the last episode, I got through part of the introduction to this letter, where Pope Francis sets this document in the larger context of the Church's teaching on the environment. But in this next section I'll look at today, the Pope turns his attention to his namesake, St. Francis, and points to him as a model or embodiment of the true Catholic environmentalist, someone who, as he puts it, quote, shows us just how inseparable the bond is between concern for nature, justice for the poor, commitment to society, and interior peace, unquote. St. Francis, again, not to be confused with Pope Francis here, lived around 1200 AD when the Crusades were in full swing. And he was born into a rich family, but he gave up his riches and spent his life living in poverty and service. You might ask, why is Pope Francis turning to this saint in particular in an encyclical about the environment? Well, the reason is because, among other important aspects of St. Francis' spiritual life, he seemed to really connect with God through the world that God had made, you know, through creation. And it might sound a little weird, but, you know, he would preach to the flowers, you know, calling on them to praise God. Uh, St. Bonaventure, his disciple, said that, quote, he could call creatures, no matter how small, by the name of brother or sister, unquote. This is not to say that St. Francis felt that flowers and squirrels were, you know, spiritual brothers and sisters in the same sense that someone in your church is a brother or sister in Christ. But as Pope Francis puts it, it was not a, you know, naive romanticism either, or just some poetic statement. If God is the creator of all of us, then in a deep sense, God is the father of us all, right? All of us, squirrels, flowers, whales, men and women, planets, rivers, mountains, we all have our origin in God. And inasmuch as that is the case, we have a kind of kinship with everything. You know, God made the wildflower growing on the side of the road for a wonderful reason, just as he made you and me for a wonderful reason, to express his glory, his wisdom, his love, and his care. As Pope Francis puts it, quote, St. Francis's response to the world around him was so much more than intellectual appreciation or economic calculus, for to him, each and every creature was a sister united to him by bonds of affection, unquote. And the Pope explains why this is important. Our language, how we speak and think about the environment, will affect how we treat it. Our hearts matter. He says, quote, If we approach nature and the environment without this openness to awe and wonder, if we no longer speak the language of fraternity and beauty in our relationship with the world, our attitude will be that of masters, consumers, unable to set limits on their immediate needs. By contrast, if we feel intimately united with all that exists, then sobriety and care will well up spontaneously. The poverty and austerity of St. Francis were no mere veneer of asceticism, but something much more radical, 
a refusal to turn reality into an object simply to be used and controlled. G.K. Chesterton, a Catholic apologist and philosopher in the early 1900s, wrote a book about St. Francis. And he said that to St. Francis, nothing was a background. You know, the bird tweeting was a vital part of the story of God unfolding throughout history. That little bird mattered. We can very easily think of our lives and the world around us in a sort of disconnected way. So, you know, think about your own life as a sort of play or a movie or a story. Often we subconsciously think of ourselves as the main characters of our story, you know, the protagonist, the hero. And our friends and family are the supporting characters with their own subplots. I'm being a little crude here, but just stick with me. You know, if we think about it that way, what is the backdrop to your story, to my story? What's the setting? Maybe the city, perhaps? Uh, a neighborhood? Right? Whatever it is, it's sort of secondary, right? Or even tertiary. The story goes on even if the neighborhood disappears or changes, because it's just a backdrop. And as long as your story keeps going, my story keeps going, who cares what the backdrop is? Right? Who cares whether the city burns or flourishes, or whether the, the neighborhood goes on surviving or falling apart? Who cares whether the environment in which I live thrives or not, as long as I thrive? Right? We can kind of have this kind of attitude. And Chesterton was making the point that for St. Francis, that backdrop, that setting, is immensely important to God. You know, that backdrop expresses something beautiful about God. Right? Nature is God's Mona Lisa. You know, we are God's Sistine Chapel. You know, I know I'm kind of jumbling metaphors, but I hope I'm getting the point across. Again, Pope Francis has this to say, quote, Rather than a problem to be solved, the world is a joyful mystery to be contemplated with gladness and praise, unquote. It's with this spiritual orientation towards the environment that the Pope then makes an appeal. He emphasizes that, quote, young people demand change. They wonder how anyone can claim to be building a better future without thinking of the environmental crisis and the sufferings of the excluded, unquote. But he also breathes hope into this whole discussion, and it's a hope grounded in God himself. He says, quote, The Creator does not abandon us. He never forsakes his loving plan or repents of having created us. Humanity still has the ability to work together in building our common home, unquote. So in the midst of our anxiety, you know, young people feeling like they have a dim future ahead of them, this is, this is always the message of the gospel in every situation. In our spiritual lives and in our current climate crisis, there's always hope. Why? Because God's not done with us. You know, he hasn't changed his mind about making us rulers over the earth as he did in Genesis. He still wants to work with us. Well, those are all my thoughts for this week. I say this over and over again, but it always bears repeating that I, I see this podcast as more of a dialogue than a monologue, even though it doesn't sound that way. And I love getting emails, you know, comments that, that challenge me or encourage me and keep the discussion going. So if you want to join the discussion, please contact me through johnnycatholic.wordpress.com. You can leave a comment there or email me through that site as well. I hope you have a great week. God bless.